You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What is up, Huda Nation? Welcome inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boot Crew Media and Makers Mark. This was a busy Tuesday for the New Orleans Saints. You might be listening to this on a Wednesday morning, maybe a Tuesday night for you, whatever time you're listening to it. It was a busy Tuesday for the New Orleans Saints, and a lot of it was movement at the quarterback position. Some exciting, some relatively, I would say, mediocre, but nonetheless, a lot of movement there. We got Taysom Hill news and, and a position change for him. We have an Andy Dalton signing, which I discussed briefly in a video uh, on Boo Crew Media's YouTube page, but this is going to be a little bit more in-depth talking about the signing, what to expect, what I do and don't like about the move because there is a, a business aspect to it that does confuse me a little bit. Uh, there's a wide receiver hypothetical I want to throw out, which I find kind of fascinating because, you know, Someone like me is big on this wide receiver class in the draft. I absolutely adore this class. I think there are so many really talented prospects and New Orleans Saints can add to their wide receiver core. But what if they don't go to the draft and look at the trade market? Well, there are three wide receivers I think they can look at, and there's one that I think makes the most sense for this particular team. I'm going to save that for last. Though. So let's start off with Taysom Hill's position change. He's moving from quarterback to tight end. Dennis Allen talked about in the NFL's annual league meeting. And this is a type of move that a lot of people wanted to hear probably years ago, not today, but, you know, better late than never. And I think for the New Orleans Saints, this makes a lot of sense. And I think for Taysom Hill, this makes a lot of sense. I think this makes a lot of sense for the offense. And when Dennis Allen talked about it, this is exactly what he said. I'll just read the direct quote for those who didn't get to see it yet. He said, I think the role for Taysom really is going to be a lot more of the kind of F tight end, move tight end type of role. I think that's the direction that we need to move with him because I think he can be one of the better players in the league in that role. So if James is out there playing quarterback, I don't really like having Taysom next to me on the sideline. And so I think you'll see him more in that type of role. Now, I know some people laughed at that quote about the, I don't really like having Taysom next to me on the sideline, but it makes a lot of sense, right? Can Taysom Hill be a backup in the NFL? Sure. I, I think he can. And I think for people who say he can't be a backup quarterback in the NFL, it's just the usual people who just absolutely hate Taysom Hill's guts because Sean Payton talked about him as if he was the prodigal son. And look, if, if that's you, that's fine, man. If the shoe fits, wear it. But I do think that he is good enough to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. The problem is, why the hell should the Saints use him as a backup quarterback in the NFL? It just makes no sense. If you're going to get the best value out of Taysom Hill, the best value is using him as that gadget player, moving him around, letting him play tight end, using him in quarterback power, red zone designs, short yarded situations like a third and one or a fourth and inches, whatever it might be. That's where you maximize Taysom Hill's value, maximize his skill set. And I, I think that's why this type of move is one that you should be happy about because A, the Taysom Hill quarterback experiment's over. Having to listen about whether or not he's the next Steve Young, which obviously he's not, that's done. We could put that to bed. And on the flip side, you know that Taysom Hill being a playmaker, if he can stay healthy, that makes the Saints better. Like, I think one thing that really frustrated me and a lot of Saints fans about last season was Taysom Hill wasn't that playmaker, right? Because he, A, missed time because of a concussion. He, B, had to play quarterback because Jameis Winston tore his ACL. And then, C, even when he was quarterback, he's playing with a, a foot injury that kind of, I'm not going to say derailed his athleticism because, man, he still looked athletic when he was running. But we didn't get to see the best version of Taysom Hill because the best version of Taysom Hill isn't at quarterback. The best version of Taysom Hill is all over the field. That's the best version. So I think this is a great move. And I think, you know, it also might extend the career of Taysom Hill if he can stay healthy. The reason I say that is I do think there is value in him playing tight end. I do think he could get his hands down in the dirt and block. I do think that he has the speed if he's matched up against a linebacker to win that battle. 
I do think that he's tough enough that if you get the ball to him, the yards after the catch factor might be really impressive because we know what he can do with the ball in his hands when he's running. And you take out all the negative aspects except for one, you still have the fumble concerns. How is he going to handle being a tight end and handling hard hits over the middle of the field? That is the biggest concern and probably the only concern I have left as far as the play side. But you're eliminating all the negative aspects when you put him in this type of role. So I am going to literally tip my cap that I have on right now to Dennis Allen and the Saints for actually making this position change a thing. And yes, should it have happened years ago? Sure, I, I totally agree with you. But again, better late than ever. This is a really, really bad skill position group. Now they just got better just from this news alone. Now you have to factor in Taysom Hill getting hurt often, but just off this news alone, they are better today as a skill position group than they were yesterday. And again, that's a cheap move, but it still counts. I still have to analyze it uh, in that way. So I'm all for it. As for the contract aspect, uh, the great Ross Jackson kind of put it into perspective here. It's a $40 million contract over four, four years. That would make him the seventh highest paid tight end in the NFL in terms of total contract value. It's right between Cameron Brait at $40.8 million and Hunter Henry at $37.5 million. Kind of disgusting that Taysom Hill's total value would be more than Hunter Henry, who I think is a very damn good tight end. That said, if you got a problem with the contract, that's a Sean Payton problem, you know? I understand anytime I do something about Taysom Hill, podcast, video, just tweeting about it, I know it's a polarizing subject. Like, I know some Saints fans love him so freaking much that anything I say about Taysom Hill, something positive is going to come. And I know some Saints fans hate him so much that anything I say about Taysom Hill, something negative is going to come out because that's just who they are, and it goes both ways. So I know it's a polarizing subject, but I really don't see anything wrong with moving him to tight end. I think this is going to help the team in the long run. And I think if your problem with this situation is the contract, I don't disagree with you, and I have no problem with Saints fans who want to complain about Taysom Hill's contract. Like, that's okay. Like, I think those are very fine complaints. However, the man who's responsible for that is not in the room. It's like the guy who kind of just passes gas and then leaves the room and lets everyone else complain about who ripped one. Well, Sean Payton in this situation technically ripped one, and he left the room, so you can't blame him at this point. So, uh, I mean, you can blame him, but he's not there to kind of face the consequences, I should say, for what that is. So, I, I kudos to the staff for making this change. Kudos to Taysom Hill for finally getting over this quarterback dream thing and just being a good football player, which is what he is. So I'm for this move. If you're not for this move, man, I love to I love to hear why because I do think this is the best version of Taysom. Slash, you know, a slash roll, do it all roll, Swiss Army knife roll. That's that's where we came to love him honestly when he came in and started getting these reps. Not when we were watching him play quarterback and look like happy feet in the pocket because that. Just that just wasn't it. Now, let's move on from Taysom Hill. Let's talk about another quarterback on the New Orleans Saints, or maybe I should change it up because he's really a tight end now. But a quarterback joining the New Orleans Saints, and that is Andy Dalton. One year deal worth up to six million with three million guaranteed, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. That is an interesting deal. Like, I, I don't think on the surface there's reason to complain about it. I think Andy Dalton is a very fine backup. I think his days of being a starter, I, I kind of think they're over. And that's just me going off the way he looked in Chicago. Now, I could be wrong. Chicago is a dumpster fire right now with that with the way the coaching staff was last season. Justin Fields struggled, so it wasn't just an Andy Dalton thing in terms of who struggled. But you have to take that into perspective. So I didn't really love what I saw from Andy Dalton last year, but that was in a starting role. Andy Dalton in a backup role, I think that's an upgrade over Trevor Simeon, which a lot of people were like, hey, well, why do we need to sign Andy Dalton? Well, they did lose Trevor Simeon, you know, funny enough to the Bears. So it's almost like they swapped quarterbacks here. And I think you're getting a higher upside backup with a hell of a lot of experience. And the experience part is very important. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. 
So I do think that this is a move that on the surface, I'm fine with it. It checks off that box of getting a backup quarterback. The aspect where I get a little bit worried, and I talked about this in the video that I dropped on Tuesday afternoon, we still need to see if this ends up happening, but it is worth noting that someone from over the cap talked about that the comp pick formula, because the guaranteed amount for Andy Dalton is $3 million, it could actually factor into that, and the Saints could potentially lose a comp pick for Teron Armstead's departure because of this signing. And I think if that is true, man, that's a really costly signing. Now, it could change because the Saints could lose P.J. Williams or they could lose Ken Crawley or Quan Alexander, but not, none of that has happened yet. So we'll see what happens. But if that is true, man, that I don't know if that's just a misstep or if that's something they were willing to just lose that comp pick, but a third-slash-fourth-round comp pick for Teron Armstead, at least it's a consolation prize for losing an all-pro tackle. But if you lose that part, that is the negative. That's the only negative I have about this Andy Dalton situation. The football side of it, Makes a lot of sense. The adding a vet to the building, God forbid Jameis isn't ready for week one or, or God forbid Jameis does get hurt again, which fingers crossed it does not happen. Okay, can he hold down the fort for a couple of weeks? Maybe whole season, I, I totally disagree. But a couple of weeks, that's kind of what you want from your backup. The question that comes out of this, and I always find this stuff fascinating, I think teams always kind of show you how they feel about a player when they make a move. Like remember when the Niners made a Super Bowl Jimmy misses time the next year, and they traded three first-round picks to get his replacement. They're telling you right then and there, he's not our guy. Like, Garoppolo's not our guy. The Browns start looking around at other quarterback situations. They tell you, Baker Mayfield's not their guy. Now, this is not on the same scale because he was never the starting quarterback for the Saints outside of one game where they got ravaged by COVID. When the Saints sign Andy Dalton, that makes me feel like, hey, how do you feel about Ian Book? Like, are we literally, pun intended, closing the book on him? Because I feel like if Ian Book can't beat out Andy Dalton at this stage of his career for a backup job, I don't know where he kind of fits in the NFL. And if we go back to when this pick happened, a lot of us questioned the move, didn't understand it. I always thought Ian Book was a really good college quarterback. But, you know, some, there's some quarterbacks that are just good in college, right? Like Tim Tebow, great college quarterback not cutting it out in the NFL. And that's okay. Like, the games are different. I think there are a bunch of good quarterbacks at the college level. Just doesn't work out. Like, for example, I don't know if Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky is going to work out in the NFL. But, goddamn, he's a really good quarterback at the collegiate level. Like, that is okay. Like, things like that happen. But if he is not good enough to make this roster, it's just funny to me because he was drafted by Sean Payton, who said Ian Book reminded him the most of himself, which, by the way, is such a narcissist move to draft someone who reminds you of yourself, um, and especially a guy in the fourth round where the Saints have actually drafted fourth-round picks that have played pretty well. For example, a guy like Garner Johnson, good value there. So I think that this move, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, man, doesn't it almost feel like, hey, I don't know if Ian Book's our guy. Because if Ian Book was your guy in terms of just backup, not starting. So for anyone thinking that I'm talking about Ian Book as a starter, I'm going to shut that shit down right now. I'm just talking about backup. If he, if they felt confident in him being the backup, I really don't know if they make this move for Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton, $3 million guaranteed, $6 million deal. That's a, that's not, I'm not saying that's a break-the-bank contract for a backup, but that is a decent contract for a backup. Whereas if you really like Ian Book, maybe you're not going to get as expensive as a third option in the building. Maybe you just stick with Blake Bortles as a third option. 
So, which by the way, I tweeted Blake Bortles season came and went clearly joking. And my God, so many of you yelled at me for that one. And I was just like, I don't know if I got to say sarcasm intended when I start tweeting things. Maybe I do, but that, that, you know, that's one of those guys where if you trusted Ian book, maybe he would be a guy you kept on the roster. When you go after Andy Dalton, I just start to question whether or not you like Ian book and you know, it's going to be a make or break year. I think if he doesn't play well in camp, there's a very good chance he doesn't make the roster. And if he doesn't make the roster here on a Saints team that doesn't really have a strong quarterback room, I question where he makes it. I'm going to, I'm wishing him all the best. I don't want, I do not want to see anyone fail in this league. I, I will wish him all the best, but it, it definitely just, you know, it, it gives me reason to pause and kind of ask questions about Ian Book's future. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels this way. And if you feel the same way, you're not alone. We're reading the same book. My puns suck, but deal with it. So, the other question that I have that comes out of the Andy Dalton signing. Does this take the Saints out of the quarterback market? I think a lot of people think the answers are resounding yes, and it might very well be yes. Like, it, it could be possible. Like, the Saints could go into the into the season. Jameis is QB1, Andy Dalton QB2, Ian Book QB3, Taysom Hill tight end, do it all, roll, whatever the freaking hell you want to do with him, just not QB. I do think that the answer to that question really depends on the board. And the reason I say that is the more and more I go through this kind of draft process, and look, I, I know NFL teams know more than me. I'm just, at the end of the day, I'm a sports writer, a podcaster, so I don't see the game the way the people who are behind the scenes and know what they're doing see the game. So some shit they might agree on, and I might just get lucky on what I'm thinking about a player, and others, I just might be way off the mark. But the more I look at this quarterback class, which has just been blasted by the media, there are two guys for me that really stick out. And those two guys for me that really stick out outside of the usuals, like I think people know if they've listened to me or they've read, my, read some of my tweets, they know that I really like Malik Willis. I think Malik Willis has a lot of special traits. But I think Malik Willis is going top 10. So let's take him out of the picture. Everyone knows I do like Kenny Pickett. I do think that he does something, some things very well. I don't think he has elite traits like Malik Willis, but he's a first-round quarterback and he will go in the first round and he'll probably come off the board before the Saints draft. So take those out of the out of the equation. There are two quarterbacks outside of those dudes that I look at, and I'm like, I do think there's there are attributes and traits here that work. And with the right coaching, time will tell if the Saints have that right coaching, can get the best out of them. And those two quarterbacks that I bring up aren't guys that I think the Saints would take with pick 18, which is why... I'm not ready to slam the door shut on them potentially drafting quarterback. Now, I know a lot of people are like, Chris, stop pushing this quarterback drafting thing. And I'm not trying to push any type of narrative about them drafting a quarterback. Because frankly, with the way this team is constructed, you guys know how I feel about pick 18. I would like to see them take a receiver. So take pick 18 out. Let's just say they go receiver. Let's say they go Trevor Penning or Cross and they go left tackle. Take that pick out, okay? If a guy like Desmond Ritter is there on day two, if a guy like Sam Howell is there on day two and the Saints like them, and remember the Saints went to both their pro days, so they were there and they got a chance to look at them. I would not be opposed or shoot down the idea of the Saints moving up to get one of those quarterbacks if they feel like they can develop them. This doesn't change my opinion. Jameis Winston is going to be the starter in 2022. There is nothing that's going to change that in my mind, and I don't think anything should kind of change at this point because he knows the offense. He seems to be doing very well in his ACL recovery. So it would make more sense to get him a couple more weapons. And if you do find a guy that you could develop on day two and you really do like him, all right, fine, let's go for it. So that's why I don't want to shut the door on that possibility yet. Those are two guys that if Ritter and Howell, one of them is sitting there and the Saints do like them, 
and their you know draft evaluation checks out, go for it. So I do think that it's an interesting question to pose. I know a lot of people disagree with it, and that's totally okay. I, I, I don't want it to make it seem like the Saints have to draft a quarterback. I'm just saying if they like a quarterback and it's not a pick 18, they have the capital to move up. And they, they showed already with the Deshaun thing that, man, if they like someone, they're going to try. So I, I'm, I'm just not going to rule it out. But I do think that when they make a signing like that, those are the two questions that came to my mind. Does it take you out of the QB market for the draft? I'm curious about that. Because remember, you got a quarterback on a two-year deal and a quarterback on a one-year deal. So that is interesting to me. And then the number two question, what the hell does it mean for Ian Book? And I don't think it means anything good for Ian Book. So that is kind of me closing it on this Andy Dalton situation. And let me move on to the final thing, which I hinted at before. And you have seen it get teased on Twitter already from when I posted the, the link to this episode. The Saints know they need wide receivers. I know people who don't watch the Saints, and they know they need wide receivers. That's partially because I complain about it a lot, so I got to be fair about that and be a little self-evaluation. Like, I don't have any friends that are Saints fans, but they know that the Saints need wide receivers probably because they see me bitching about it on Twitter. But nonetheless, the Saints know they need wide receivers. Dennis Allen talked about it. Mickey Loomis talked about it. So at some point, they're going to add one. I don't know if it'll be via the draft. I don't know if it'll be one in the draft, two in the draft. Albeit, I can't shake the feeling that Vilas Jones will be on the Saints by the end of April. They know that they need to upgrade at the position. And a lot of talk is about them going to, to do it through the draft. And rightfully so. I'm a big believer in building through the draft. You can't do that when you have a draft like Cesar Ruiz, Adam Troutman, Tommy Stevens, and Zach Bond. Like, that is the opposite of building a team. That is just building a first team um, all busts. But that is that is the ideal way of building a team via the draft. Now, are you going to have another 2017 draft? Highly unlikely. That is all-time legendary stuff. But... That is the philosophy that you want to have. But let's kind of put that to the side because over the next month, I'm going to be talking about the draft nonstop and I just you know want to look at the other side of the equation. The Saints have already shown they're willing to get active in the trade market. They went after Deshaun Watson. Whether you liked it, whether I liked it, whether anyone liked it, they went after him. What if they look at the trade market at the quarterback spot, uh, at the wide receiver spot, excuse me. If that does happen, I think there's three options that are interesting. And I'm not saying the Saints are going to land any of those guys, but you make the phone call. You always make the phone call. And there are two options that are more affordable than the other. And there's one option that might appeal to you the most, but it's damn expensive. And one out of the three options, I think is the perfect fit for the Saints if they were to go this route. The first option is Brandon Cooks. A lot of you guys just rolled your eyes. You don't want him back. You know, closed mouths don't get fed. The whole nine yards, I get it. I get it. I get it. But he is on the last year of his contract. His contract isn't that unbearable. It's about $12 million on the base salary. And at some point, people got to start realizing Brandon Cooks is a really, really good football player. Over 1,000 yards with the Texans. Over 1,000 yards with the Patriots. Over 1,000 yards with the Rams. Over 1,000 yards with the Saints. Like, wherever he goes, really good numbers follow him. And I think Brandon Cooks has become this player now that he's got a bad rep because he's been traded so many times. And I get it, man. Like, when trades like that happen... Sure, like people will start to knock you. Brandon Cooks, he's got almost he's got close to eight thousand career receiving yards. That is a really, really, really good number. Like that, that is a number that I, I think people almost sleep on. And, and for the exact number you want, it's seven thousand nine hundred seventeen. And he was drafted in twenty fourteen. Just for you know comparison's sake, Devontae Adams, who came in the in the league the same year as Brandon Cooks, eight thousand one hundred twenty one yards. There's a difference of 204 yards between the best receiver in football 
and Brandon Cooks. So before people, if you want to complain about Brandon Cooks because of the way things ended, that is totally cool. But if I mention Brandon Cooks as a potential trade target for the Saints and you don't think he's good enough for this shit receiving core when he's a really good receiver, straight up out of line. So that is one guy that I think makes a lot of sense for the Saints if they're willing to, you know, just kind of mend the fences and get him back in there. He would fit. And Brandon Cooks' speed would be excellent with Jameis Winston's arm strength. Just saying. That's a good fit for me. Final year of his contract. The second one, this is the most expensive option. This is the option that probably is like the shiny ooh and ah toy that you might see uh, at the toy store, is DK Metcalf. The Seahawks continue to say that they plan on signing DK Metcalf to an extension. It's their intent. It's their intent. It's their intent. The same Seahawks also said they weren't going to trade Russell Wilson. The same Seahawks also said they're not talking to teams about Russell Wilson. The same Seahawks said, well, it is our intention for Russell Wilson to be a Seahawk for life. Yeah, that was all bullshit because they traded into the Denver Broncos. And frankly, I still don't think they got enough for Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf, final year of his rookie contract. The, the, comp, the, the problem with the DK Metcalf one is if you do trade for him, you're saying goodbye to pick 18. You're maybe saying goodbye to another mid-round pick. Oh, and by the way, you got to trade him. You got to spend a boatload of money on him because he's up for a new contract. And when Tyreek Hill gets 30 million a year and Devontae Adams gets 27, 28 million a year, you don't think DK Metcalf's asking for 24, 25 million a year for a guy who is younger than both them? You, you, you've got to think that's it. For a 24-year-old like him, I, I think that he would consider it. I think he would want that type of money, $25 million, That probably seems around the ballpark for a player like him. Freak of nature talent. Obviously would give the Saints an immediate upgrade, and he would be the best possible player in terms of talent-wise out of the three I'm going to mention. But you make a call. I'm not saying you just trade away your picks for DK Metcalf. I will never suggest that because, again, I think the Saints are far off from contending than they think they are. But if they really think that they're closer to contending than I think they are, you make that call and you say, hey, Seattle, what the hell do you want for DK Metcalf? Because, man, we all know they're rebuilding. They could say they're not rebuilding. They're rebuilding. I mean, Drew Locke's their starting quarterback as of today. That is horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. So that is a player I would call. And the third option, I think the one that makes the most sense, funny enough, I'm not switching teams. It's Tyler Lockett. I think Tyler Lockett makes the most sense for a variety of reasons. For starters, his average salary on his deal that he's currently on after next season, it's around an average salary of $17 million. That is very affordable. This year's base salary is only $3 million, which is kind of hilarious because Tyler Lockett's damn good. And for anyone who's kind of like on the fence, is Tyler Lockett worth it? What he's done the last three years, consistency, man, over 1,000 yards, over 1,000 yards, over 1,000 yards, at least eight touchdowns in each of the last three seasons, at least 73 catches in each of the last three seasons. He's just Really consistent. He's really steady. I think he is the perfect wide receiver, too, in the NFL. Like, the perfect wide receiver, too. And the Saints have, when healthy, they have their Batman in Michael Thomas. You need a Robin? Tyler Lockett knows how to play that Robin role. He's done it all of his career. And I think that he would be a tremendous fit from a scheme standpoint. He is a really good big play hitter. 16 yards per reception last season. Jameis needs another weapon. I think he kind of fits that downfield role that he could give you. Really good with sideline catches. I could just sit here talking about Tyler Lockett all day as to why I think he's a great fit. And the cherry on top, he's under contract through 2025. And like I said, $17 million for a guy that averages 1,000 yards per season, that, that's really good. That is really good value. You know, you're going to see the wide receiver market shoot up. If Christian Kirk is making close to 21 per year, Tyler Lockett making 17. That's a bargain. And like I said, 
I think Seattle's rebuilding. And I don't think Tyler Lockett necessarily goes for a first-round pick. Is he a second and a, and a comp third that the Saints have? Remember, they do have two uh, third-round picks because of comps. Maybe the Saints don't want to trade that. But if the Saints, hypothetically speaking, traded, let's say, a second and one of their thirds for Tyler Lockett, all of a sudden you are viewing this wide receiver room a little bit different than you were the day before. Because now it's Michael Thomas, Tyler Lockett gets slided into wide receiver two, and all the guys that we complain about, Trey Quan, Marquez Callaway, Deontay Hardy, everyone gets bumped down a peg. All of a sudden, it's probably easier for them to get separation. So I am not saying the Saints should go this route. My prime preference is always building to the draft, and I think there's so many great wide receiver prospects in this class that I think the Saints can pick one, and I would love to pick. I think that would be it would make sense for them. But if they want to go a different route and they want to consider going for a wide receiver via the trade market, Tyler Lockett makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who's thought about it, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks that would be a pretty damn cool trade for the Saints. But I'm curious what you guys think, as always. If you're watching this YouTube, leave a comment about your thoughts on maybe trading for a receiver and the, the Taysom Hill news, whatever I talk about in this podcast, if you want to leave a comment, go ahead and I'll get back to you on YouTube. If you're hearing this on whether it's Podbean or Apple, Spotify, whatever, wherever you get your podcast from, hit me up on Twitter. If there's any type of question, concern, reply to anything I said, hit me up. I'd love to chat with you guys about the Saints. And as always, guys, I mentioned it before, we got straight up Saints shirts coming out, pre-sale on Buku Media. You can go to bukumedia.com slash shop. It's on the second page. Two options, a black shirt, a white shirt. I will come up with you know, I would say more creative shirts in terms of sayings, ideas, but that's kind of the starter for now that we're going to go with. And as the season goes along, the off season goes along, whatever pops up in my head, if I think it's a good idea, put it on a shirt and we'll see what happens from there. But I appreciate you guys listening to this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Huda Nation. I'll talk to you guys later this week because I don't think the Saints are done making moves, but we'll see what happens. Can't wait to talk to you guys later this week. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.